Hey everybody, welcome to Right On Radio. Thank you for being here. Just waiting for Tom to come in. Oh, <laughs> sorry, a little mishap in the studio. Just waiting for Tom to come in. He should be here in a couple moments. Uh, thank you for being here for this uh, new show. It's going to be a little bit fast-paced. We've uh, looked through the comments on the uh, the last show we did on YouTube uh, to promo this. We've got a couple things to talk about. We're going to be it's going to be fast-paced going through. Uh, a lot of rapid-fire news stories, and then we're going to get to some updates on Tom and what we call the next page, where we're going to tell you what we think is coming next. Uh, should be very interesting. Just give me one second, just sending Tom a quick text. I was just on the phone with him a couple minutes ago, so he should be. Come on in. There we go. Hey everyone, uh, I'm going to be watching the chat here, so if you have something you want us to discuss, uh, put it in the chat as well. We're going to be doing it. One of the things that uh, really inspired me to add another show, as if I don't do enough shows in a week, is uh, we want to get back into the top 10 on Podbean. We were actually number one for a while, but you know, summer hit and uh, and the, the schedule is a little bit more lax, and some of the requirements uh, to be in the top 10. 10 or top 20 even is uh, we need to do a minimum of eight live shows a month and we need to get uh, a certain amount of gifts and I'm not grifting here I'm just saying if you uh, you know hit that gift button you can send us a coffee send a beer it's Friday uh, you know or anything like that uh, you know it's a couple bucks and what we need in a month is a total of 220,000 pod bean points and uh, when we get that, that initializes it. We get uh, suggested by them. And here's where it is. It's not for me. It's not for the money. But, you know, half of the shows we do are Intel. The other half are ministry shows. You know, we do Bible studies. We do Saturday night sermons are back this weekend. Uh, we do a bunch of different things. And when you push this, you know, some people will come in for the news. They'll come in for the Intel. But we want them to come back for the ministry. And we try to make the, uh, or I try to make, you know, the word of God very approachable for people. And, you know, that that's the best way I can say it is, you know, we just try to make it real, uh, live right in the real world. Oh, uh, hold on. Tom is uh, saying nothing. Hold on. I'll just tell him. I just got to give Tom a different instruction. And I can't type and talk at the same time. So come in as a guest and I will add you all right so hopefully that works so Tom is trying to get on um, thank you for being here once again everyone uh, this is a new show called the next page and it's Jeff and Tom and look it, it depends on uh, how many people come in how many people enjoy this if we're going to continue this show uh, so I'm just waiting for Tom and he should be here any moment. Uh, technical difficulties the first time uh, we're doing it in this format. He has uh, he has been on Podbean before, obviously, but uh, this is the, uh, the first time we're doing it in this format. And I'm actually running it from the studio rather than from my phone. And so we're just going to see what happens. Oh, there he is. Perfect. The link worked. Tom, welcome back to Right On Radio. Thanks, Jeff. Great to be here. Sorry about the difficulties. 
oh, that's all right. I can usually talk <laughs> in, in absence of things. I'm getting kind of used to it. Uh, the military analyst has been about 10 minutes late on me before. And, you know, when you have to just kind of riff on stuff for 10 minutes, it's a, uh, no, I, I guess I'm getting better at it. But Tom, let's jump right into the news. What is the first news story that you want to cover? Well, somebody I'm not very fond of is Elon Musk. And uh, I think he's totally groomed by Hollywood. He's a, a face put out there that's groomed and not really the intelligence behind it, but may, we're made to think that he is. And he's got this big case with Twitter right now. Yeah, so the, the, he's gonna he's trying to buy t Twitter, or he claims to be, but they're pushing back on him, saying that he's not real, he's not going to go through with it. Uh, Tom, what do you think? What what what's the what's the news behind the story? Well, I think Twitter has every reason to be skeptical, and uh, you know when you're dealing with somebody like this, you don't know what their moves are going to be made, what moves are going to happen, and uh, so yeah, there's powers behind Elon Musk that are basically pulling the strings. That's my take. And so I think Twitter has every right to proceed with their case to make sure, you know, having Elon Musk lay his cards on the table rather than end the case <clears throat> uh, through mutual agreement where he then can just pull out and leave them all hanging. He, he can, but you know what? I actually think he's serious. And here's the reason why. The acquisition of Twitter is actually much bigger than a lot of people think. And and here's why I say that, you know, uh, it's been said by many that Twitter is the, you know, town hall uh, for influencers and stuff like that. And, you know, the media gets their kind of sound bites and little quotes from Twitter and everything. So in, in many ways, Twitter, when he purchases Twitter, he's going to have a lot of control over mainstream media products. That's actually one of my concerns. If he gets hold of Twitter, they're going to have a field day. Uh, I think the Cabal will have a field, field day doing whatever they want with him being the face of what they need. You always hear in the industry, you know, the face of this, the face of that. Well, I think he's basically part of the face of the Cabal. And so if he gets in Twitter, a lot of us are going to be shut down. We'll just be shut down. Those of us that are trying to expose what he's doing. Yeah, so, so I would have a different take on that. I would suggest that I, I actually believe that he will let it grow and let conservatives get back on there and make it the open forum it was designed to be. But here is the detrimental effect. Uh, Truth Social is growing. And is this a way to combat the, uh, the explosiveness of Truth Social? Well, I think for sure. I mean, one of the first people you'd see go if, if Elon Musk gets on there would be myself. I have contacts that warn me that who he is, what he's there for. And uh, like he specifically too, the tech that I have that's worth all this money, the Neuralink, he would be able to shut me down easily. Twitter's basically my lifeline in a lot of ways to get word out apart from interviews. And we've had a lot of interruption with interviews and things like this. So for me personally and others like me that are innovators and um, you know inventors and uh, have intellectual property, Elon Musk be, would be like uh, perfectly positioned to uh, destroy our chances of getting word out apart from uh, interrupted um, broadcasts. 
Well, I take it from the opposite perspective again because I was kicked off Twitter three times, and uh, and so I, I just kind of gave up on Twitter. And I really did enjoy it. I was uh, starting to grow my platform quite good on Twitter, but I I was kicked off. And and it's a funny story. The third time I got kicked off, it was because someone complained about me. And the complaint was, it was by a advertised Satanist on there. And I just said to that person, can I pray for you? <laughs> and she complained. It was hate speech and I got kicked off. <laughs> That's the interesting thing. There's a whole divide and conquer thing going on. This is, a, this is quite the first story to pick because this of the central figure. And they do groom these people in Hollywood. They groom them with the alphabet boys. And it's like, um, he's got an agenda and a job to do. And, you know, I want my tech work rights back. I want um, my family to benefit from what we came up with as copyrighted. And so it's interesting that you've experienced this on Twitter. And Twitter's actually, um, in a sense, I've been uh, protected somewhat. It's one of the platforms that's protected me. So it's really, I think there's a divide and conquer process going on where they do do this. Some people are, are allowed to be going on where others aren't. It's supposed to turn us on each other. And that's that's what I've heard also, is that they will allow one person in a group to benefit, one person in a group to be shot down. It's basically, that's how you divide people. You know, it's like having twins and saying, I like you and I don't like you. And suddenly the twins will start fighting. It's a tactic. It is, and listen, divide and conquer has been going in since before Christ, and that's how kings have always uh, controlled their people, get the people to start fighting against each other, and what they discovered is you give you give someone a voice, so for instance, you know, that's how they create the right-left divide, and listen, I'm 100% convinced of the Uniparty, that they're all just reading scripts and uh, trying to make you feel better, but the, the people on the right, like the, for instance in Congress or whatever, oh man, we're going to go after these people, we're going to do this, and then the left says such absurd things, so you know, thank God it's just not progressing as much as they wanted it to. But the the progressives, and it's actually regressive, obviously, but they always gain territory. And we, and, you know, people who have conservative faith values have always lost territory uh, completely. However, I really think the tide is changing and everything is pointing to that. And uh, and I wasn't going to go to this story, but uh, Tom, because you said groomed by Hollywood and groomed uh, in different ways, I, I just, it comes to mind because Kanye uh, or Ye West is making some pretty big headlines right now uh, for a couple reasons. He was on Tucker Carlson's show and uh, did an interview and he came across, I think, uh, really well. The first thing he wanted to talk about is protection of life and he's pro-life and, you know, uh, more black babies, he said, in New York City are being killed through abortion that are being born right now. That's staggering, if true, Tom. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of special interest groups will um, take information or news stories and groom it or turn it directly to them that it's all about them but i think that um there's a broad spectrum of children suffering and um what we need to do is open it up to universal just what's going to children basically across the planet what's happening and what systems are in both high level and low level thugs going on and uh so i think we need to keep uh being aware that we need to open and broaden our eyes and perspective rather than just looking at someone's personal account. 
and uh, always keep the doors open to more information coming in rather than thinking we have the story. Okay, we know the story. That's another tactic the other side uses is they, um, they will make you feel like nothing else to see here and they'll shine the light on certain individuals and purposely keep the light off of those that are actually above them. And so, yeah. Yeah, and they're certainly shining a light on uh, on Kanye, and of course all these people are going to come up against him because of their progressive values, and he's pretending to be a conservative. But if you watched the interview, and I only watched part of it, there's some clips, by the way, on the Right On Radio Telegram channel, so you don't have to sit through 40 minutes of it. You can get the, the bite-sized clips, uh, which is helpful. Uh, however, to me... When you see him, the way he's thinking and his body language, Tom, it's like he's going through the filing system of his mind. To me, it's evidence that he has been programmed. And let's face it, nobody makes it to that ultra stardom that he has hit. He has achieved it without doing some stuff and without playing the world game. He yeah. certainly has, in my opinion. You're right. That's the inside. That's the, that's the telltale sign. Is anybody who's groomed by the elite, anybody who's um, uh, been uh, given position and allowed position, just like in my situation in the past, then you can bet your boots they've been uh, given a list of what they need to do uh, to be given that position, to be given that uh, PR, to be uh, accepted into the circles. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, and consciously or subconsciously. Uh, that's very important because the subconscious drives the conscious, and that's the way the minds work. It's it's a fascinating read when you start to read how these people do it. I, you know, I started to read. I bought the trilogy of Mind Wars by Aquino. I don't recommend the books by any means. Uh, however, uh, these people got it figured out, folks. They they they've got you figured out. And just a side note, I think that just kind of ties in both of these topics that we just talked about with the Twitter and with the the programming and stuff like that. You know that uh, you know if you look at social media and you know with Instagram, everyone's posting you know pretty pictures of themselves, and and on Facebook, it's just like my happy life, and you know all these things. But what's happening is. They're picking up everything. They're learning everything about your life. They're learning your daily patterns. They're learning what's important to you. The psychology behind it is actually beyond most of our comprehension. It's so sophisticated. It's such a science. And you are giving away so much stuff. And if you don't think that that's important, oh, who cares if I had dinner at, uh, at you know, Denny's or something like that? You know what? Who cares? Because... When, the, when they're trying to push the social credit score, do you know how much information they've already got against you? I'm telling you, uh, you got to start being really protective on your social media. Uh, but one last thing about the, the Kanye thing, Tom, uh, part of the controversy is he showed up with Candace Owens. They were both wearing White Lives Matter t-shirts. And when he was asked uh, why he would wear a White Lives Matter t-shirt, he Stated the obvious, uh, because they do, but the bigger story behind this, I think, and I, you know, I, I don't recommend mainstream type of people very often, but there's two I'm going to mention in this broadcast. And the first one is Candace Owens. People start watching her. She is dropping some truth bombs and she's unafraid. What her role is in this whole thing. I don't know. Uh, you know, is she just playing a part? I don't know. But she is dropping some bombs, and she is going after Black Lives Matter for the fraud that it was and how bad it was for black people. It did nothing but hurt them. So 
uh, keep your eye on her. Tom, what's your next story? Well, I want to just say, I want to just follow up with that. Just, you just gave some sure. insights. And I think, you know, her demeanor. And I think we start to learn what courage looks like. You start to see what courage um, comes across as on the face of individual, things like this. There is a identifying look in the person when they actually are embracing courage and compassion. And I think she may just be embodying that. Yeah, you know, um, I'm praying that she is one of God's soldiers in this because she's uh, she's certainly articulate, intelligent, uh, quick-witted, uh, and determined. Uh, and she, you know, says all the right things for family values. And she's actually calling out these satanic cults as well, uh, which takes an incredible amount of bravery to do that on mainstream media. Absolutely. It doesn't seem like it's a poor popularity this time. Well, where many people are, especially in industries, about popularity, what's in it for me, uh, that doesn't seem to be the case. It seems like she's actually speaking from the heart, from my impression. Yeah. Amen. Hey, hey listen, thanks for the gifts as they're coming in. Um, it's hard for me to see them all on the screen here, but man, it really helps. And then and the hearts and stuff like that, hitting the likes, uh, really, really will help. And al already... Uh, where I can see we're getting boosted right now by the uh, the Podbean Live so software, and it's probably just a good time of day to do it as well. Uh, but Tom, what's what's your next story? Well, this one's very close to the heart. It actually has to do with the screenplay. So a lot of the topics I wrote in the screenplay, even back when, are still um, becoming even more uh, pertinent today, I believe. And one of those things is the transgender families and the philosophy behind that. There's an article that came out I just saw where they're saying that a lot of these transgender families or not even people, regular heterosexual families are deciding or being pushed or decided to allow their kids to determine what they want to be without giving them any background or grounding. They want, they want to keep it totally open for the child to discover what they are. And so the child's not even given a foundation of uh, what is a boy and a girl. So this is absolutely disgusting, obviously. And, you know, I don't talk about it enough on the show, Tom, because honestly, it's so it's, it's so ridiculous that it, I almost don't want to waste my breath on it. But it has become an epidemic in Western society. But what, what's been really interesting and happening between the scenes is obviously, you know, I covered... Uh, what Putin said about it. He called it satanic. He said it's a war against the family. It's a war against our values. If we don't have families, we don't procreate, uh, procreate then society doesn't continue. But also, uh, CNN's uh, Anna Entrepreneur or something, I, for, I forget her name off the top of my head, but uh, you know she's the Middle East coverage and stuff like that. She's been on there for years. Anampur uh, is her last name. She just interviewed the president of Kenya because they don't, it's illegal to, uh, to have an LGBTQ lifestyle in Kenya. And he was so eloquent in his response to her. He goes, you know, the people of Kenya don't care about this. The percentage of people that fall into that category is so minute and, and I'm going to suggest even in North America where it's seemingly an epidemic, at least, uh, you know, on the media, and you see the size of these parades, is it, le is it even 1% of the population? I don't right. think so. Well, see, it's, what's really chilling is it's actually an agenda of the Hollywood institutions. 
they, um, Warner Brothers and others have stated that that is one of their goals is transgender to mix up families, identities and things like this, children especially. And that's an assault on children. It's basically abuse because if they're not guided on a platform of what they can start out as, then I would have been lost as a child. I would have been like, what's going on? Why aren't you teaching me anything? Why aren't I learning anything? Why is it left to me? And then you're facing all sorts of social ramifications and your own peer groups and things like this because you just don't know. You're left fending for yourself. So, yeah, I believe, like you do, that it's really, I think this movement's going to die out. And a lot of poor children who were pre-adolescent who went through these terrible things, because I think a lot of times it's the people want image above them, parents, social groups want them to uh, do this for uh, belonging, popularity, and then they have to pay the price of having their body altered and having to re-alter it. It's, it's just not worth it. Well, I don't think you can even come back from that. Uh, it's it's so disgusting. It's so perverse. It's so upside down. Uh, you know, it just it, it it's not right. Uh, obviously, and, and you know, just on a on a side note, uh, and I think most of our audience are probably in the same vintage that you and I are, Tom. You know, growing up in the uh, the late sixties, seventies, uh, sort of thing, and even the eighties, but. You know, those were somewhat normal times as far as, you know, the gender thing was concerned. Like, gay was pretty rare, um, you know, at the time. But, you know, as you come into adolescence, boy or girl, and there are only two sexes, it's confusing enough. Like, you know, you know, and your parents, you know, probably found out from friends about the birds and the bees before your parents talked to you about it, but your parents in a traditional family did talk to you about it and they gave you a balanced outlook on it. You know, I remember my mom giving me, you know, such amazing advice on how to look at the world and how to look at sexuality and how to look at women and how to appreciate women and how to, you know, avoid excess because it will ruin you. And, and it really does ruin people. It does. You get into certain social groups that are based on that, um, adhering to that philosophy or that choice. And then when you go to make a change, you're suddenly ostracized from that group or considered someone who's turned against that group. And so it's basically what happens to the church in the churches too a lot of times, where if you decide to change a church or go to a different faith, then you've just, um, you just upset your whole social strata. Yeah, you really have. Uh, you know, I'm just reminded just uh, on the uh, the promiscuousity, promiscuousity. Oh man, it's too early. The promiscuous lifestyle that uh, that people are leading right now, and uh, I and I, again, I'm just gonna, I'm going to honor my mom. It's ten years she's gone this year. Actually, this no next month. Uh, but you know, so when I got into bands and stuff like that, and I you know started having girls around me, uh, you know my. My mom would talk to me about, you know, the musicians of the day, like the Mick Jaggers and, you know, stuff like that and, you know, how promiscuous they were. And she said to me very wisely that once you start leading that type of lifestyle, and I'll even say this to the LGBTQ people or whatever, it becomes never enough because they start trying weird stuff and then they need to do even weirder stuff, you know. Uh, it is so sick. It is so satanic, and, uh, and I just thank God for my mom. What a what an amazing woman I had raised me.
Well, that's great. That's Praise great. God. Yeah. yeah. It's like you just hit something too. There's a spiral effect where, again, peer pressure and a lot of these things, and to do something bigger, to do something even more effective, to do something more shocking. And that's the trail a lot of times people go down, especially in uh, when they're schooling days, where it's like, you know, what are you going to do to impress the group further? What can you do? Bullies get involved in this. And then they become adults, they're in different government groups, and the, this trend still continues. There was one alarming thing I was told by one um, a psychologist that was on the air who said that bullying actually serves a function to allow the strongest to rise and to lead. And I was like, oh my God, that's the backward vision. It's like, you know, that does not, that just means they learn to take and bully their way in to get whatever they want and to lead others to join them in harming others. So we really have to be very careful on how we view um, what is strong, what is um, a good leader, what makes somebody uh, who would, um, that we can get behind. It, and bullying shouldn't be part of it at all. No, not at all. Uh, a good leader doesn't need to bully. Uh, a good leader people want to follow because they're taking the lead, you know, and uh, and they're successful. And, and man, you know, I, I celebrate really good leaders. I celebrate strong men. I celebrate strong women who are unafraid to get out there and talk about the truth. And by the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we're going through all these news stories, but there's only one truth in the world. <laughs> you know, uh, I am thoroughly 100% convinced that the only thing that has not lied to me is the Bible. Uh, so uh, if you want to get some truth, get get into that, folks. Uh, I'm telling you, it is so, so good. So, Tom, my next story, I think, is, is very big. And uh, who knows what's going to happen with the midterms, uh, you know, if they're even going to happen or if there's going to be a delay in the count or whatever. There's going to be some shenanigans I'm concerned, I, I'm sure of. However, uh, right now, the Hunter Biden thing is coming up front and center again. Uh, Tucker Carlson had Bob Alinsky on, who's the whistleblower, former business partner, has thousands of documents and everything that are, are pointing towards the corruption in the Biden family. And the the uh, the story was actually leaked to the Post that he might be indicted. And when you look at uh, something being leaked to the Post, which is def definitely, you know, nothing but a, uh, a rag for the, uh, the you know, liberal side of things, uh, if it's leaked there, it's the left that is putting this out front and center. And they're trying, I think they're trying to get him convicted on low-hanging fruit. Uh, just to kind of get it out of the way and to you know to say there was a little bit of justice done. But uh, he's being thrown out there. But what is really interesting, and here's the second person I'm going to suggest you guys follow, Laura Logan. Laura Logan is a journalist. She was on 60 Minutes. Uh, she has left the mainstream media because she's so sick of the crap that they're putting out and she is putting out the truth. And she even mentioned, and, and this is on Newsmax, which is supposed to be free news or whatever. It's not, folks. That's controlled opposition. But she even dropped the bomb that she has seen the other things that were on his computer. And we know it has to do with young people, folks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. See, that's digging. That's getting to the core of what's really going on. The other side doesn't mind if you skirt around and think you've hit them they'll allow you to speak. But once you get into the core of what really is at the center of where they should be revealed and brought down, then they freak out. And that's when the, you know, you can almost see it like a knee-jerk reaction. When you hit the heart of it, 
they all come flying. And you, then that's, that's how you can know. They don't, they don't wait a moment. And uh, we've done it many times. Yeah, there, there's definitely some panic there, and they're trying to control what's happening. And listen, they might be able to control it before the midterms because they've certainly done that successfully in the past. But I don't know. It just seems that everything is falling apart right now. Every single narrative that's out there uh, is being come against, and it's and and people are not afraid to speak out against this stuff. You know, a year ago, if you spoke out against LGBTQ. Or if you spoke out against, you know, Black Lives Matter as an organization, uh, you know, you were condemned. But people are sick of it, Tom. And and we look at the, you know, the election fraud that is now coming uh, front and center. And we look at Eugene Yu uh, of Conaghan getting uh, arrested the other day. Uh, there's been a lot of victories in the election fraud stuff. So we have the election fraud and the and the fix for 2020 being put front and center. At the same time, we see the Biden regime uh, collapsing. Uh, Tom, this cannot be a coincidence. It's not a coincidence at all. Many, many people across the planet are doing their best with what they have, their puzzle piece, to put the picture together. And that's what's so exciting. We're also looking at what can make the biggest difference, such as reconstituting and revamping the court systems. The court systems have become a tool for big business. And for people like Hunter Biden and things like this, you'll see court cases uh, drag out and you'll see it comes down to witnesses being contacted, bullied, taken out, evidence being little down, blocked, not allowed, due process not being allowed. And then suddenly there's a switch in the judge and the case is thrown and the person gets off and we're not supposed to think there was anything else to see. And then they run it through the media machine and they spin it any way they want. So really it's been a, a grist mill. And what we need to do is have the law center, uh, the whole law system revamped where a child could argue their case. They know this is being talked about. We've been going on the air and uh, often and exposing certain individuals, certain organizations. And in my life, in my situation, we just had the top person of Warner Brothers resign after three decades of cover-up in my situation. And at the same time, my website was struck. We are hitting home because we're finding out what matters most to those that are causing the crimes. When you find out what matters most to them in reverse profile, where they profile us, we profile them. You find out what matters most to them, like you just said with the pedophilia things, and you hit home on that topic and you hammer and you don't let go and you're persistent, the stronger wills will win especially when, when you have family that matters and also values for God. Yeah, and listen, the other side fights really dirty, and the uh, and our side hasn't been fighting. Uh, it's time to pick up and start swinging and swinging hard, you know. Get, throw out those sucker punches. Uh, we got to start hitting them hard. But, you know, Tom, you brought up the media thing. You brought up Warner, and, uh, and you know, and when you're talking about crime, you know, right now it's guilty by accusation and it's supported by the media, uh, as you pointed out. And that reminds me of Minority Report. Tom, what's your connection with Minority Report and how does that fit in today? Minority Report is, is so big. I'm glad you brought that up because that actually shows what's going on. People become guilty of pre-crime. The media is very much involved. When Spielberg did Minority Report, he specifically put in at that time what was going on in my situation with our intellectual property. He put my dad's rank, Captain. He put my dad's name, John. Anderson's our Scottish clan name. And in the story, he actually altered Philip K. Dick's novel. Philip K. Dick, when he wrote, said he doesn't want his work altered. Well, after his death, which is a go-to play by Hollywood, Steven Spielberg took the work and altered it. In it, there is no son, Sean. 
Tom Cruise's character in the film uh, is put away for pre-crime because his son Sean was murdered. My son Sean was murdered after that film was made, after that film was made by Spielberg about pre-crime. So Spielberg committed pre-crime, in our words. That's what we're putting in the documentary. So my son Sean is murdered. Philip K. Dick never wrote that in about a son Sean being murdered. Nothing to do with the story. And so also the rank was changed of Tom Cruise's character to captain, which was my dad's rank. In fact, I'm getting some of my dad's materials now because of um, him having passed away and his captain's um, uh, pictures and things like this. So you have Spielberg totally altering. They use the films, just like they use the media, to make their mockery. But what happens is inside the Hollywood machine with the Alphabet Boys, people will come forward and let you know. They'll let you know what's there, why it's there, and that's what's turning the tables. So individuals, individuals can make a huge difference with their piece of the puzzle. They can make a huge difference. Like when I was contacted and told to look at the inserts in the matrix, the first matrix of my high school, my birthday, my dad's name, my name, all in the first graphic that Wachowski's put. So this is what happens when people actually step up and say, no, I won't be silent, I'll make a difference. And what's also important to realize is that history will judge us. In the future, they're gonna ask a question. Well, why did you allow this to go on? What did you do to prevent this? What did you do to make a difference in your world when these horrors are being committed? We have to answer that question now. We have to decide now what our answers are. I'm gonna do my piece of the puzzle. I'm gonna get involved. I'm gonna speak up. Don't let the other side cow you. And if you do speak up, you will make a difference. If you're speaking from facts and adding your piece that you know and you can back with evidence, you're helping others with their pieces that may not be able to go forward unless you applied yours to the picture. You know what, I'm so glad you brought up that point because, you know, even a year ago, it was pretty scary for someone to come forward. And, and listen, I, I, I've shared this many times. The reason I started doing this is because I found out what was happening to kids. And I'm not going to go stand in front of my Lord on that judgment day and say, I knew and I did nothing, right? So we got to get in the fight. But the, the good thing is, right now, there's so many people that are actually doing it. The numbers are there, folks. Uh, you're not going to be alienated right now, in my estimation. You know, I, I can't promise you this, uh, of course, but I think there's enough people right now that if you call your congresspeople, when you call your local politicians, when you ask the tough questions, there's enough people there uh, that, uh, that there's, and there's safety in numbers. But Tom, you, you gave me like a perfect uh, transition to the, the, to the next page portion of this, but... I have to uh, keep our promises, and uh, I looked at the uh, the YouTube page last night, and uh, and sorry, I didn't get a chance to look at the Podbean comments this morning. I really should have. I apologize for that. I, I will for next time, uh, the comments you put on the episode, what you want us to cover, and things like that. But on uh, YouTube, the number one comment uh, that happened a few times and with the most likes What's on people's minds these days, Tom, is they want to know about who the truthers are that are fake, uh, the fake survivors that are in our movement, and who the grifters are. That is such a great question. It's a huge question. And basically, it's like us all sitting at the dinner table, those in the truther community, and you can imagine the food flying. It's like we're all seated around each other and we're all starting to know who is who. 
and what is what because the cards are being placed on the table because of the events and everything the cabal cracking so right now there's panic and you're starting to see sweat drops form on certain people seated around us and that's a telltale sign so basically what i'm trying to paint here as an analogy is that um everything's coming on the table everything's being revealed and we have to be very careful about who we single out very very much so so right now it's kind of a knowing but we have to have more evidence on certain things but the truth community i would tell people just be careful it's not what you would often think it is and i would also say the best thing we can do right now is not which i know you'll agree with me jeff i'm sure we don't point fingers but we're very aware well, when you when you point the finger, you have three fingers pointed back at you, uh, and so they say. However, uh, I'm going to make some bold statements here. I'm not going to be pointing out names and stuff like that. There's, all, I would only do that if I was 100% certain about things. Uh, but I'm going to tell you the way I look at things and what I have discovered because I have dug deeply on this, and I have some. Uh, people who really help do a lot of help on the show uh, that are behind the scenes that never get their names mentioned because they don't want them mentioned. But I can tell you, uh, in my estimation, nine out of ten in our movement are completely compromised. Nine out of ten. I think that's a fair assessment, eight to nine. I would say that's very much so, especially in my situation where it, what, what happens too, Jeff, is some of us actually become magnets to reveal because it's like we become the first line where they start coming at us because their job would be to stop uh, uh, those that are causing in their terms the panic in their, their constituency. So it's like very interesting that if we're actually making headway, they'll come to us and say stop. They'll come to us and um, suddenly there's a total change like a Jekyll and Hyde with a person that you were you know, um, doing some shows or doing things with, suddenly switched and you're cut off and suddenly others with them cut you off. And it's like, what just happened? You were getting too close. You were doing uh, too well. You were starting to open the doors to the truth. And their handlers said, enough, cut them off. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that there's handlers, uh, and I'm not going to name him on air, but I've determined uh, who a couple of the kingpins are, they're familiar names. Uh, they work behind the scenes, and there's a lot of these uh, people with the, the, the bigger shows, you might say, that have an agency. Look into it, folks. Uh, they have agents, and the agents are limiting what they say. They're controlling the directive. Uh, they're making it about monetary policy a lot of the time. So I'm going to tell you a couple things that I look for, and uh, uh, they're very important. So consistency in message. Uh, you know, sometimes people, they just want to throw us off. And listen, you could do have a, a Christian guest on one day, and then the next day you're doing tarot cards. That, to me, says that you're just giving people what they want to hear, and it's about numbers for you. Okay? Uh, I'm just saying, and by the way, that just pinned a lot of shows. I'm not picking on one in particular. A lot of shows do that. Um because they want to be everything to everybody. And so there's no consistency with message. That's one of the first things I look out for. Now, Tom, you've been very consistent to your message. Mm -hmm. I have. And what's so interesting about this is they really are able to fog the field of battle. They're able to fog it. Because look at my situation. My calling is to be all things to all people. It's not to compromise my beliefs and faith. 
but it is to make it so that I can keep the world coming together for the truth, to make a difference for children, elderly especially, but I have to not negate anyone. But I can't take um, a situation where someone's obviously being handled and used to cause chaos among people who are actually needing to blow the whistle and bring truth forward, and they're stopping them and getting rewarded to do so. I draw the line. You, we cannot allow that. And so I will, that's when my dander gets up and I reveal things there too. But I will, you know, you'll see me mix with many different um, sects and groups. And I believe that's a calling for me, which is actually in my screenplay with the, um, uh, the Oracle, does that very thing. And that's how the ending uh, transpires or heads the way it's going, is through that process where he, not she, the Oracle actually is uh, being perceived as all things to all people. Yeah, and, and my and that that was my point because my point is you go on a lot of shows, but you go on as a guest, and your message has been consistent. So I wanted to point that out. And Tom, you've never been one to uh, really ask for a lot of donations or anything like that either. And and by the way, there's nothing wrong with asking for donations. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. However, I will make this statement. It's one thing to say, hey, listen, support my Patreon or something like that. And if you want to, that, that's fine because you want to support that person's message. That's what it's there for. However, where I really get some red flags up, and I'm not going to name the name, but I'm going to give you a really great hint right now, folks. Um, and I don't know if she's 100% real or 100% fake. I don't know. But there is someone out there right now who has raised about $150,000 on Give, Send, Go. Y'all know her name. And there's zero accountability. Uh, I know publicly she said, no, I have accountability, but she's never showed accountability. So if you're going to raise a whole bunch of money for kids, and that's what the purpose of it is, then, you know, that's a lot of money, folks. Um, go. I, I would advise that person to go get a legitimate, uh, recognizable accounting firm, and even if you keep victims' names blacked out or redacted or something like that, have a legitimate body uh, saying that this is where money is allocated. You, you know, listen, that's just common sense, folks. And and if someone is not willing to do that. You know, they're giving out to, you know, survivors or something like that, and they're not willing to actually show the documents through a legitimate accounting firm that, by the way, is licensed, so they have to be credible, and they have to put it out there saying, I certify that these things are accurate, then folks don't give to that sort of thing. That's perfect. You know, it's, it's perfect, too, because I don't know who you're actually talking about, which is good, because that means I can speak up with saying, you know, um, according to the actions you just described, that I don't agree with the actions that you just described, too. And what's interesting is that often you can tell a person who's false, going back to the core question that began this dialogue, you know, what about the truth of community, is look at their responses. If they counter with counter accusations, that's a sign usually of guilt. If they say it's all lies, that's the blanket cover just in case some of, their lie, uh, some of what they're doing wrong gets caught. And so they have phrases and responses that you can see that will indicate a person on a personal level, okay, something to see here. There's a flag, there's a flag, there's a flag. 
And I've seen this often, you know, especially the raging counter accusation immediately. That's not something you and I would do. We'd be like, well, give me the points you're trying to address. Let me address that. You know, what's your concern? We wouldn't just go flying off the cuff and say, well, you're bad. You're bad. You're, you're the one that's actually bad and do this in the public forum. So um, it, it's really interesting that there is ways to reveal the snakes and there is ways to have their heads actually, you know, show the scaly part. So, um, yeah. I agree. And, and you know, listen, I don't want to spend too much time on this um, because really, and, and there's two other things that I look for in this kind of platform and community and the people that I watch, uh, which isn't many. Uh, and I'm going to be honest with that. I watch very few because I, I don't want to, I have to come up with my own stuff. I don't want to be influenced by other people's, but I do get sent clips and that all the time. And I do watch clips of other people. But the two things that I look for is do they believe in the 66 books of the Bible being that, or are they saying there's all this missing stuff that's about to be revealed in the Jesus strand and stuff? As soon as someone talks about that, I turn them off because if they're not confronting the truth in my for my time to listen to them, if they don't acknowledge truth, I'm not going to get truth from them. So that's one thing that I look for. And the other thing I look for, and this isn't to do with a ministry type of show, uh, but someone who covers politics and current affairs and stuff like that, if they do not acknowledge that 2020 is a priority to fix, I'm done with them as well. If they're only talking about the midterms and stuff like that going forward, I'm done because there is no next election unless the last one is fixed. Right, unless, because you know, what's been happening so often now, like with the courts being controlled, judges being given, you know, seats at the you know academy awards and red carpet treatment and then they're employed and picked personally to handle cases and throw them it's like you look at the system just being so twisted but what needs to be happening is people need to take accountability for themselves not let issues be brushed under the rug that is a tactic that's being done all the time nothing to see here it's already been dealt with that's how they do it they pick uh people to take the spotlight you think justice is going to be served and suddenly they get away, like Harvey Weinstein. So it's like, you know, yeah. that was going to happen. For many years. Yeah. And then they're supposed, to, they're supposed to think nothing else to see here. You know, the tactics oh. are very interesting. It's like wag the dog with the court systems. And that's happening right now with Russia. What's going on with Russian journalists? I'm looking at the coverage of it, and it looks like wag the dog. I, I saw some examples that just blew my mind where we're supposed to eat it up because our passionate side is supposed to go, I'm going to accept this. I'm going to believe this. When the mainstream media that grooms Hollywood personnel and Elon Musk, we're supposed to believe whatever they tell us about world events and situations when obviously they're grooming the effects and the scenes that some of them are just absolutely off the wall, unbelievably poorly done. It's wag the dog. Yeah, and they're normalizing a point of view that should not be uh, out there. And people... You know, critical thinking is really missing from society these days. People just take other people's opinion. They heard it from someone they think they trust because they know them on social media or on mainstream media, and then they make their opinion their own. And uh, folks, we got to start. We got to start at questioning everything. Start uh, critical thinking is really, really important these days. But Tom, you mentioned one word, and I want to get back into that. And so this, we're going to go into the update from your situation. Then we'll go to what we call the next page, but you had mentioned the word served, and that makes me think of these uh, 302s from the FBI 
Tom, uh, tell us what has happened because you had a small victory. Yes, I did. Just uh, it was three days ago. Uh, the prediction came true that the sister who's working for the um, FBI operative, who's also a Pennsylvania congressman, Brian Fitzpatrick, who also destabilized Ukraine. Brian Fitzpatrick has my sister in his pocket, and she became a totally different person. Well, we predicted that she'd be going for another 302. What is a 302? Well, that means that she's going, she has to claim that I personally told her, or anybody else would have to be said, that they called and claimed they're gonna shoot somebody and that they are suicidal. Now, who's gonna make a call like that? And so my sister, she does this and does it again and does it again and then brags about all the rewards she's gonna get, including black tie dinners with Fitzpatrick, uh, mentioned on the floor of Congress, her picture held up, trips to England, to London, to um, the Caribbean, and CNN appearances. Well, the interesting thing about it is she's bragging she's gonna get bigger rewards than she ever got, and here comes another 302 attempt. And so she employed my mom to do it. Now, here's what they use. The FBI had her do this, because this is the FBI, Congressman's FBI, lifelong FBI. And so she was told to, they gave her a clip, they went through all the interviews I've ever done, and thanks for the question, and they found this one piece. Now, here it is, you ready for this? Here's what they're saying is that I'm gonna shoot, and she's saying, he's gonna kill me, he's gonna kill me publicly. The clip says this. It says, I am um, looking forward to the horror ending, Aiden being safe and us having a normal life. Now she takes that horror ending to say, he's going to shoot me. He's going to murder me. And tries, they try to use that, the FBI, for a 302 again. It failed miserably. She went to my mom and yelled and screamed at her, playing that clip over and over that was given to her, you know, to play. And someone rendered it for her. And so my mom kept saying, I don't want to hear this. This isn't true. It doesn't, you know, he's not saying anything about you. And she went off on her, screamed and yelled at her and said, I'm calling the uh, police and the agencies. And so what I did, Jeff, was I contacted the police down here and talked to them. He said, obviously your sister's unhinged. And obviously, you know, um, she's using her power. We see this often. They said, they said, you didn't say any names. You didn't say a weapon. He says, there's no way this would ever hold. All you're saying is you want this to stop. You want the horror to stop. And they said, that's the, that's the words of somebody who's being harassed. So, yeah, so it turned around where the police actually went to her this time. And uh, they actually, agencies, my mom actually filed abusive charges on her, or reports on her. So now it's, it's slipping away. But the other side, the way they act is they'll act like it doesn't bother them that they're fine, and then she says, my mom, who's 90 and dying of cancer, is um, gaslighting her. That's insane. My mom's been cut off from every grandchild. Aiden has no cousins anymore because my sister will rage at anybody who speaks well of us, even walked out of my dad's funeral because someone was singing who had said something nice about me. But what I want to point out is this, this is how the FBI works. What we should be doing is, instead of thinking when the FBI shows up with a SWAT team, not to think there must be something to it, what we need to start thinking is they're coming out there because they're afraid of something being said. That's what's going on. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. And you know, Tom, you're gonna you kind of you've given me such great segues, but I'm not using them correctly. Uh, but you know, one one observation that I have from that is they she really overplayed her hand, and that's kind of going to be some of the theme of what I say is what's next and by the way uh we just got a super chat and it was from jan and she writes god bless tom's mom yeah. amen 
Yes, yeah. she's actually going to be part of the documentary. Thank you, Jan, too, for that. And uh, they're going to be interviewing her very soon, and that's why they're freaking out. This was the last-ditch attempt to shut me away for life, because then in our society, in the USA, this is the one way they can do it where there's no due process. You're considered criminally insane. If the paid and rewarded party says, oh, he calls me all the time and says he's suicidal and going to kill his son. Now they're saying, oh, he's suicidal and he's waves a gun around. He's going to kill me and the sister. And it's like I left a message for my sister the only time I really broke silence and said, no one's out to get you. Just leave us alone. Let us have our lives. We don't want you in them. So that's yeah. why. So, Tom, let's uh, get to what we're going to call this segment the next page. Tom, and, and you know, again, you, you wrote the, uh, the script for The Immortals, if people aren't familiar with Tom, and we have some new listeners on. Uh, and The Immortals is where the, the basically the script was lifted and turned into what's called The Matrix now. And uh, I've long said that the, the script was given to Tom prophetically, and it's a history over the last 30 years uh, since he wrote that, seems to be following this script in many ways, so it's worth looking at. So, Tom, what's on the next page? I think we're around page 100. Uh, I just open it blindly. It talks about it talks about how they create the um, person who's going to uh, lead the world into believing that it's necessary to have this Armageddon, basically. We're gearing up for an Armageddon. And you can see that right now. And that's the media seized upon that. Now, instead of the media making it better, they're going to get their ratings up on fostering even further. But I think that's where we are right now is we've been through the food shortages. We've seen that. We've been through the um, idea of the stadiums, you know, being prepared to receive population when they do another false flag. We're in the midst of the whole ending where the Oracle is actually um, courted to become on the inside to be used to draw the people out for the Antichrist, if you will. So they're already experimenting on effects in the sky, how to turn the sky red, how to make it sound like there's trumpets in the sky. They're doing everything right now, but I believe right now it's all going to short circuit. In the screenplay, man tries to outwit God, God outwits man. Man imitates revelations. So they, because they don't think God's going to show and Christ appears. So I think we are in the final pages. And what's <laughs> interesting is the Wachowskis actually kept the same ending. They argued on set, we're going to keep the same ending. Same ending to what? When everyone else said, blow up the matrix. When they altered and lifted all the images they thought were cool, they altered the storyline where it wouldn't have a satisfying ending if you kept the same ending after altering all the stuff in the relationships that the Wachowskis used, lifting out the images they thought were cool to get credit for them. And so instead, here we are in both <coughs> versions <coughs> heading to the very ending that was written. And so I think the final pages. Uh, Tom, you know what? I, uh, I really, I think most of us here uh, think that there, we're really in those end days. And uh, I think you predicted it properly. So for that, Tom, I'm going to give you this. Who's right? Who's right? He's right. But that was that was too funny. Yes. <laughs> so uh, listen, uh, just like uh, Tom said, uh, so I, I absolutely believe that. Uh, look, the, the one side 
is overplaying their hand right now. Everything they're doing is over-the-top ridiculous. It's in-your-face, doesn't make sense. It goes against every common value that you have, you know, like I'm just from the from the gender thing to saying there is no man or woman. Are you kidding me? Or there's more sexes than that? Come on. Uh, you know, to just to what they did in Afghanistan, to, you know, now we're on the brink of nuclear war because of stupidity. And everyone knows it's absolutely stupidity. The pipeline thing, you know, this stuff is all in our face. And I think, uh, again, I'm going to go back and say we're watching a movie uh, and I can prove it. And one of the reasons I can prove it is because I have the script. Um, and, and I just did a study on revelation not too long ago. So, uh, go back and check that out, you know, if you want to do it, but, uh, they've overplayed their hand and there will be a correction and we're going to beg for the correction. And then we're going to celebrate the correction. And that's when that uh, the man of perdition will arise. Uh, how long that takes, I don't know, folks. Uh, what the dates are, I don't know, folks. Uh, but get ready. That's That would be my best advice to each one of you. But you know what I can tell you uh, on the next page, a couple things that are happening for sure, and I'll give you a 100% money-back guarantee on this. The things that I can tell you that will happen in the future for sure is Saturday Night Sermons are back at 7 o'clock on Right On Radio and all the channels, uh, 7 p.m. Saturday night. And right after that, at 8 p.m. on Telegram, we have our Singapore Prayer Celebration. And, uh, folks, prayer is our weapon of mass destruction. Uh, we're destroying the enemy's camp, and we're lifting up God's camp in doing it and furthering God's agenda. And God wrote the end of the book, so it's going to happen, folks. But uh, we're aligning with that. And join it because, you, you, first of all, you're going to experience the Holy Spirit. You're going to uh, feel good at the end of it, like better than when you first joined. You're just going to have a, a sense of joy in you. Uh, there are miracles happening. There are people's lives are being transformed uh, by being in this group. There's nothing special about us or anything like that. We're just dedicated. We love God, and it's a Holy Spirit-driven meeting. Uh, and there's lots of singing. There's lots of joy. And then there's some sharing at the end that is always, always worthwhile. So the Singapore Prayer Celebration, 8 p.m. Saturday night, right after the Saturday night sermon. And then on Sunday, 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 at 10 a.m. Eastern, I will be continuing our study in the book of Acts. And uh, we've been having a lot of fun. We've been getting a lot of revelation from it, folks. Uh, there's no, it's not a coincidence that God has asked us to do Acts right after Revelation. We got the picture of what's coming, and now we're getting the picture of what we are to do because God is dismantling the uh church that is existent, that has done nothing to serve us, uh, or has failed to serve us properly, in my estimation, maybe not a hit against your church, but certainly against a lot of the churches that are out there mainstream, don't attack abortion, don't attack homo, you know, gay stuff, they don't, they don't stand on God's word on the important issues, they don't want to offend people. Well, folks, diplomacy causes confusion. You cannot avoid these topics if you're a man of the cloth. 
And uh, so, you know, we're, we're being told in the Acts study, we're given, we're showing a roadmap. Here's what you are to do. Uh, God put it in there for a reason, and uh, we're learning a lot from it. So uh, join me on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern as well. Final thoughts, Tom? Well, you're making me think of a lot of things. One of the things, too, is that it's important to have the meat and potatoes in uh, your churches, which means, you know, not focus just on membership, just, you know, a lot of these people are complacent, uh, leaders are complacent in order to fill their ranks and get their donations, but actually to speak the word and speak it strong and to actually work to rise up vibrant believers, believers and families that actually are, you know, driven to um, follow God, fear God, love God, and love their neighbors. So it's like, as you say, so I also appreciate that you don't ever, I've never seen you get raging or things like that. You always keep your sense of humor. And I think it's for people, we need to also keep our sense of humor. It's, it's oh, something yeah. that sounds almost contradictory, but it's very important. The other side wants us to lose our character and to change who we are. They want to put us into despair and into anger. And they use the anger card all the time, uh, even my sister did, to try to say, you know, you're angry, you're this, you're that, you're suicidal. So we need to uh, wash our face, put on a good job. <laughs> and uh, be cheerful even though we're fighting the uh, end times here let's do it as brothers and sisters lifting each other and having joy as you said let's we're allowed to have our joy in this time and to uh, lift god with a joyful voice this is one of the best times ever i'd say even the best time ever to be alive and you're right joy a smile gets rid of so much stuff it's healthy for us uh, having a laugh with a friend uh, is so important and uh, enjoying life, because if you, if you can't enjoy life in the midst of this, look, we're in a fight, uh, but you have to stay healthy, and uh, you know, having some joy in your life is definitely part of that. Uh, listen, right before we sign off, I want to ask you guys, uh, please put in the comment if you liked the format, should we do this type of show again? Uh, you know, and by the way, we're open to uh, saying, no, it was crap. <laughs> you know, you can say that too. We just want to hear from you. So do please leave a comment. Let us know. Uh, share the show. It'll be posted for replay uh, moments after we finish here. And uh, from Tom and I, I just want to send this to each one of you who joined us this morning. We applaud you. We really thank you for being here uh, with love from both Tom and I. Uh, you know, we really, really do mean that. Uh, just uh, God bless each and every one of you. Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community. Right on, right on, right on. Right, right on, on radio. radio.